Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is Court Today. Court Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. Court's greatest hit. And a very good morning to you. And it really is a chilly morning this morning. Like, even though my temperature gauge was telling me uh, seven degrees, it feels nothing like seven degrees out there because there's a kind of a wind chill about it that makes it very, very chilly. So wrap up warm if you are heading out this morning. John Paul is taking your calls at 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And I just want to start by just briefly mentioning the great event that I attended last night in Bandon and uh, my sincere thanks to Skibberina Bandon Credit Union for inviting me along to host uh, the West Cork Women in Agriculture event and it was just one of those lovely pleasant evenings. It was all about women in agriculture and there was the sprinkling of some very brave men who came along uh, as well and there was a great lineup of speakers including uh, Gronia Hurley who's a Chagas advisor and she did a talk about managing paperwork and preparing for farm visits and I have to say I was mesmerised by her presentation and I came away with a with a new appreciation and a level of sympathy for farmers for the amount of paperwork they have to do. I had never realised the amount of paperwork that's involved in farming. It is mind boggling. And I know Gronje was talking about how you can go online and it makes makes life a lot easier and there's apps on your phone you could use and you know certainly there are ways around making life a little bit easier for farmers but that's all well and good if you've got really good broadband in your area and it really struck home to me when I was listening to Gronje speaking about the need for rural broadband and how we need to get rural broadband uh, rolled out but Gronje's was a really interesting uh, talk as was Albert Wolf. Uh, he's a solicitor with Skibbereen and Banting Credit Union and he spoke about succession planning and he also spoke about the fair 
deal scheme and how we all need to make wills. And only last week when I had the chat with Safeguarding Ireland, their research was showing that less than 27% of the population has a will made and it is so, so important uh, to make a will. And then the lovely Fanula Colgan of Mental Health Ireland, who joined us actually on the programme, she gave fantastic tips about managing stress and uh, five ways to well-being. And I thought she ended up with a lovely piece that when you meet someone, just to kind of cheer up somebody else's uh, day. And you can do this at work. You can do this with uh, your, a family member or a friend that you might be meeting today. You take the first letter from their name and you use it to describe them. Like for Fanula last night after her talk, I described her and gave thanks to fabulous Fanola. Uh, for our John Paul, I could describe him as a jolly John Paul. And you just use the first, the, the letter of their name as a description. And I thought it one of those nice things and I got a giggle in the room and everyone was smiling and laughing so maybe think about doing that today it's kind of a way of showing gratitude to somebody you're with and and appreciating someone and then we had a lovely panel discussion where I was joined by three of West Cork's leading female voices when it comes to uh, farming. Uh, Maura McCarthy, who is a in a Shannon-based farmer. She's a member of Bandon Co-op, but she's a qualified financial advisor. She had a really interesting story to tell. She entered a competition where she got to travel around the world for seven, seven weeks just experiencing farming in different uh, countries. Really interesting uh, lady. Vanessa Kylie O'Connor was just like a breath of fresh air. She's a multiple award-winning uh, farmer and also a member of the ICMSA. And Anne Kyoham is uh, a farmer, IFA Environmental and Rural Affairs Committee member. She's on the NDC. She's on the Bandon Co-op, a really, really active lady when it comes to farming. So it was just a lovely, lovely night. Thanks to everybody who came along. And we ran slightly over and then I literally had to leg it out the door because I had the drive home and I was conscious that it was a school night and I needed my my bed. So sorry that I wasn't able to. I normally like to stay around and, and chat to people, but I got to chat to a lot of people throughout the evening so it was lovely very very pleasant uh, night and we look forward uh, to doing something similar in the future now today is presidential election day and we are encouraging people to please go out and uh, vote and while the forecast isn't great there is a bit of rain uh, later on in between the rain the shower and the showers there will, there will be some nice sunny spots quite pleasant enough this morning except that as I mentioned you need to wrap up a warm so maybe get out early um, and, and the the one way of getting out early is you'll get in and out and you'll get to vote really, really quickly and you'll be done and dusted. There already people are saying that they're expecting a low turnout, probably because of the way the campaign uh, went, which it would be disappointing. It would be great to see uh, a big turnout. You have until 10 o'clock tonight. Bring your polling card with you. But we always remind people, bring some photographic ID with you because you may be asked for ID. You'll get two ballot papers when you go in. The presidential ballot paper is white. It's got the candidate's name um, name and their photograph and it's ranked uh, and it's done in alphabetical order. And then you go in and you can put your one. You can go right the way down to six if you want. You can just put one vote. It's it's up to, you, up to yourself and you put them in the order of your preference. You'll be given a a second ballot paper. The second ballot paper is green in colour and this is the one for blasphemy and it's an X you put on this. You either put um, yes 
an X in the yes, yes box or an X in the no uh, box. And the this referendum is focused on a single paragraph of the Constitution. The paragraph states the publication or utterance of blasphemous, seditious or, seditious or indecent matter is an offence which shall be punishable in accordance with the law. And you're asked whether you want that removed. And by removing it, you're removing the offence of blasphemy. What is blasphemy? It's defined in Irish law as publishing or saying something that is grossly abusive or insulting in relation to matters held sacred by any religion to be considered blasphemous. The statement must cause outrage among a substantial number of people. There is a punishment of €250,000. If you vote yes, it indicates you want blasphemy removed from the Constitution. And if you vote no, it means you want it left in uh, place. Okay, so that's your second ballot paper and that is a green one. And then some of the do's and don'ts, by the way, you can't take a selfie when casting your vote. There are restrictions on photography inside as it's viewed as having having the potential to compromise the seat of your uh, valid. So please do not take a uh, selfie. And counting them will begin tomorrow morning. There's three count centres for us here in Cork. Uh, Kalosh the Column in Ballancolic is where they'll count for East Cork. Same venues where they'll Cork f- count for Cork Northwest. And then Clonakilty Community Hall is where they will count uh, for Cork Southwest. That's all the county votes. And then the city votes will all be counted, I'm assuming, in uh, City Hall. So you have until 10 o'clock tonight to go out and vote. Now, coming up on the programme uh, this morning, we're going to hear of a suggestion to pay your motor tax by saving stamps. We mentioned this yesterday, but unfortunately we didn't get uh, to talking about it. So we'll talk about it today on the programme. And I know when I mentioned it yesterday, we had a a couple of people who thought it was a great suggestion. People who are driving older cars and older cars come with much higher car tax and people who are on a fixed income, people who are on low incomes, find it very hard when a big bill arrives in. I mean, you know, some of the car insurance can be 800, can be over a thousand euro for older cars. And if you get a bill like that in through the door and you haven't been budgeting for it, it really can come as a bit of a shock. So there was a number of people certainly yesterday liked the suggestion, liked the idea of being able to buy saving stamps and we were liking it to what happens with television licenses stamps and actually when when I mentioned the TV licence stamps yesterday somebody had suggested that giving TV licence stamps is a good idea of a Christmas present Uh, and I just called that out (laughs) I got a text in from somebody saying please do not give TV licence stamps to anyone as a Christmas present but somebody had suggested that it wasn't a bad idea and I suppose it's kind of like giving money to somebody isn't it it's like giving a voucher to somebody except that they can only spend it on their TV uh, licence Birds of prey are being illegally shot or illegally poisoned. We're going to look at that issue just to see how bad is the situation uh, getting and what can be done to try to stop it. And has anybody ever been prosecuted for killing one of these beautiful, beautiful uh, birds? Uh, The lovely Alice Taylor is going to be joining us. I could call her the adorable Alice Taylor. She'll join us after 11. She's talking about her new book, which is a really special, special new book. And then we're previewing the first Autumn School, which is going to be held in Court McSherry this weekend. We'll find out what's planned for that and we'll go to the movies uh, with Mark. So a lot to get through and of course we'll sprinkle your calls and comments throughout the morning. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
And talking of this morning, from this morning, tougher penalty points for drink drivers are in force. They came into force at midnight last night. Anybody now caught with 50 to 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 millilitres of blood will be disqualified for driving. You'll be off the road for three months and you'll also receive a 200 euro fine from this morning. Uh, Previously, of course, you got three penalty points and a fine for a first offence rather than this automatic ban. The Minister for Transport... Uh, Shane Ross announced the commencement of the new drink driving provisions for the Road Traffic Act yesterday. He says it was wrong to allow people who had driven while over the limit receive no disqualification and be able to drive away with just a handful of points. He felt that it sent out a wrong message. It suggested that a little drink driving should do you no harm at all. And uh, he said, therefore, the tougher measures uh, were needed. He also acknowledged what a difficult time he had getting this piece of legislation through the doll. Maura Murdoch, chief executive of the Road Safety Authority, said drink driving remains a big problem in this uh, country. She says there was a clear need for stronger penalties to deter drink driving. And I do think that this is one of the penalties that really is going to deter people. I mean, the very... Uh, thought and fear that you could be off the road for three months, particularly if you need your car maybe to get to or from work or maybe you need your car for work. It could and will mean in some cases that people can end up losing their job uh, all for the sake of a very small amount of alcohol because the big argument and with this one is you know, how much is going to put you over the limit? How much is going to put you into that 50 to 80 milligram uh, limit? Like some are saying, oh, you can have one pint and you'll be okay. Others are saying you can have one glass and you'll be okay. And really, the Road Safety Authority are saying that there's no safe way to calculate how much alcohol you can drink and be safe, never mind be legally able to drive. So their advice, is, as always, is never, ever to drink and drive. The Gardaí are in saying they're going to be strictly enforcing uh, the new measure. If you're looking to buy somebody something as a Christmas present, can I suggest actually buying a breathalyzer because it's a really good little tool uh, to have in your home. You will be surprised if you buy a breathalyzer and just do some tests yourself at home if you're having a few drinks and not going out. You'll be surprised at how much, how little alcohol will put you over the drink driving limit. I also think having a breathalyzer at home is important if you have been out maybe at a wedding, maybe at Christmas parties will be coming up, some kind of a function where you might have drank more alcohol than you normally would drink. It's very interesting to blow into that breathalyzer the next morning because you will discover that you could be over that drink driving limit. And while you might have done everything right the night before, feeling a bit ropey the next day, and then you attempt to drive to work or to drive to an appointment and if you get stopped by the Gardaí and we know the Gardaí do breathalyse in the mornings you could find yourself off the road for three months so it might be a nice suggestion if you're looking to buy somebody something uh, for Christmas maybe pick up one of the breathalysers now Donna Price who's founder and chairperson of the Irish Road Victims Association we've spoken with Donna before uh, particularly after losing her son uh, Darren in 2006 when his car was hit by a HGV when, he's only, when he was on his way to college and he was killed 
killed. He said when she said when you've lost a loved one in such a preventable collision, it is absolutely soul destroying as we have gone all out to try to change the laws that need to be changed to ensure that all of our roads are kept safe for our families. So she's very much welcoming this. But she does describe it as a first step. She said we have to have a more effective deterrent for drink drivers because the penalties that were in place simply weren't workable. People were continuing to take chances with their own lives and with the lives of uh, others. And the second element of the Act provides that motorists who lend their car to an unaccompanied learner driver will also face prosecution. The uh, provision is due to commence from the 22nd of December and that's the Clancy Amendment. Noel Clancy, who we have spoken with many, many times in the past because, of course, he lost his um, uh, wife and uh, daughter in circumstances where a learner driver uh, was driving unaccompanied. So he pushed for the Clancy Law. That comes in on the 22nd of December. But as in from la- as in from midnight last night, if you are caught at the lower level of alcohol, 50 to 80 millilitres, you're, you're over the drink driving limit. That's what they're saying. And it'll mean you're off the road for three months. You have been warned. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. And by the way, we're getting a number of calls in from people when I mentioned a good suggestion with the new drink driving laws uh, is to get a breathalyzer. And if you're maybe buy, if you're looking to buy one for a loved one for Christmas, but certainly they're handy to have for the following morning if you've had a lot of alcohol, just to make sure that you are under the drink driving limit. You don't want to go out and lose your. Uh, license. So a lot of people are, are, are call, ringing up saying where can you buy one of the breathalysers? Certainly I bought one but it was a number of years ago and I bought it in a local chemist but I know I was back in that local chemist looking for one as a present for somebody last year and they didn't have any of them. So some an, an off-license John Paul reckons he's seen them in but he's not too sure if every off-license has one. So if anybody has recently bought a breathalyzer where did you get it where's uh, we'd like to point people in the right uh, direction do all off licenses sell them do all chemists sell them do electrical stores would electrical stores have them 1850 Christian Temple Glanton says Patricia if a person is caught over the drink driving limit and then with this new law would be off the road for three months and they need their car to get to work it looks like then become they become a burden to the state due to losing their employment has this been poorly thought, thought out well it was probably one of the most argued piece of legislation with all the filibusting that went on. So I'm sure that that point, Christy, was raised at some stage, certainly by the rural TDs who were so against this piece of legislation. 1850 Let me stay with drivers, but this time we want to focus on drivers who struggle every year to pay their motor tax. Uh, could get a helping hand if Cork County Council is allo- allowed to pilot a scheme similar to saving for TV licence by buying stamps. The suggestion has come from independent councillor June Murphy who joins me. Good morning to you June. Good morning Patricia, how and are you? I'm very well and, and you're welcome to the programme. Do you hear from many people on low or people on fixed incomes who find it difficult to pay their annual car tax? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. Um, 
you know, members of my family, um, you know, constituents that I speak to, um, you know, it's... People need their cars, but they are finding trying to pay the the high insurance costs and then the tax on top of it, and then the um, the NCTs and all those added extra costs can really add up. So, um, you know, so many people I know um, use the TV savings stamps, which are a great a great help. You know, to go in and buy your two euro stamp. And before you know it, you'll have your book filled and you've enough to pay out your, your TV licence for the year. Which is what I thought, which is €160. Euro. And, you know, yeah. €160 euro of a bill coming in on a fixed income yeah. can be the difference between somebody eating and, and somebody paying their TV licence. So exactly. it, it, it is a great way of doing it. So your idea would be, what, five, ten euro stamps or something, is it? Yes. Yeah, so when I was, when I was, initially brought and I know I know you know I brought it up before. Yeah. Um so like a two euro stamp would would probably be too low where and a, a ten euro stamp would, would be just that bit harder to reach when you're on a very low income. So like a five euro stamp, um, you know, you could add that quite easily into your weekly budget. Um you could buy however many you want. It could be one one week, it could be two the next week, you know. Yeah, if you're a bit flush, yeah, if you're a bit flush one week, you could buy extra. I also thought of the suggestion for families picking up their uh, child benefit once a month. They might be able to buy a couple of stamps to put, you know, out of the child benefit, for example. Exactly, you know, because when I was getting child benefit and I was saving for the the TV stamps, I would go in, in, you know when you get your payment every month and buy, you know, 20 euro worth of stamps or whatever, you know. Um, and it, it is an added extra cost and it can be quite hard. And, you know, the weeks then that you don't have the money for it to set aside, you know, that three months comes on you fairly quick. And before you know it, you're trying to look for a big chunk of money to pay out your tax. And, like, there's, a, there's an awful lot of other ways of doing it as well. Um, people were suggesting, you know, you could pay through direct debit and so on. The reason I went with the savings book is because, one, you've ownership of it. Yeah. You've control of it. Um, a lot of people may not have the funds in, in their bank to be able to do a direct debit payment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, know, you and your so point earlier, the week that you're a bit flush, you might be able to buy an extra one. The yeah. week that you there's another bill after coming in, well, you mightn't be able to buy any stamps that week. Yeah. Whereas with the direct debit, you're going to be caught that you, it, it's going to have to go out every week um, or yeah. every month. Now, I know there, you know, there is the option uh, to pay uh, quarterly, but it's actually more expensive, isn't it, to pay your road tax quarterly? It is. It is. So because you you might choose that option, and to be quite, I I choose that option myself all the time. Um, you're paying you're paying more, and you're penalised because you can't afford to pay out a huge lump sum once uh, a year. When, yeah, yeah. So you're penalised for paying it every three months rather than once a year, which is is very unfair and I know that we tried to get that changed as well the last time myself and my colleagues we put it through the transport STC and it was turned down and there's excuses about they couldn't do it and so forth and 
you know, of course they can do it. You you can do anything you want if, if the will is there to do it. So I said, right, I'm going to put it in this time. Very simple. Um, put it in and, and see what way we go on it. Um, and when we think about, you know, the government are saying, oh, we have a rainy day fund. We saw the minister come out there during the week, I think, with a 1.8 million edit um, to the roads, which is to be welcomed, of course. But a tiny, tiny fraction of that could pile a scheme in Cork County. And they could use that and monitor it and see how it runs over 12 months mm. and see is it something viable that could be run out through the whole country. And that was my point. Look, give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Will people take up on it? Um, will it help people? Um, the government are, aren't really going to see any great benefits to us, but it would be a huge benefit to, to all its citizens. And, and what 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 reaction did you get? It was phenomenal. Um, every shop I went into, every person I met on the street, comments on social media, like it was just it would be so helpful. They were really really positive about it, um, and it is it's a good idea and and one that can make a huge impact on on people's people's income and um, and. You know, the likes of Mads and the St. Vincent de Paul and the Lions Club and all that, you know, they would understand the need for something like this yeah. as well. You, you know, know and, and we are at the stage where a car, once upon a time, a car was a luxury. There was only families, you know, that could afford to yeah. have a car. A car isn't a luxury anymore. In many cases, it's, it's a necessity, June. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, and even it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're a young person trying to make your way to college. Um, whether you're an, uh, an elderly person on a pension, um, maybe you're getting the minimum wage, maybe you're on social welfare. But I, I know people who are on good wages and they use the saving stamps for, for um, the TV licence. So you don't necessarily even have to be on a low income to want to be able to do this. It's just part of your household budgeting. Mm. And... You know, you can go in then with your, you, you might have 100 euros saved, you might have 50 euros saved, but that's a big chunk to have saved and to be able to cash in and pay towards your tax. And the council's um, head of uh, finance uh, took a look at your suggestion and, and she didn't she didn't knock it down straight away. No, no. I mean, obviously they would be worried about the kind of, if, if it fell on them to be, to distribute it and, and so on. Um, and the added cost to that. Um, I believe that that it should be the Department of Transport that should be taking on that cost um, and issuing the books and the stamps and to put it through the local post offices. And of course, it would be it would be good for the, the local post offices as well to get a scheme like that in, in, inside there as well, especially when we're trying to retain post yeah, offices. Yeah, and we're always trying to come up with new ways to give extra yeah. services uh, to yeah. the post offices. So certainly the post offices would, would be very welcoming uh, of it. OK, so yeah. so where is it at? Well, right now we are right, we've written off to the Minister okay. um, with the proposal, so we'll wait to hear back from him. But in the meantime, I'll make contact with, with the office, his office, myself, and discuss the idea. Um, I'm also going to start up uh, a campaign page 
um, you know, asking the minister to 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 implement this. Um, so I'm I'm kind of getting this organised at the minute. Okay. Uh, well, so, let, let, and let us know where it's where it's at, and we'll share it and. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, because certainly there there would be a, I, I know yesterday when we mentioned it there was uh, a number of people I uh, thought it was a terrific uh, I, I, idea stay there because Frank is in Ballyclaw and he wants to get in on this discussion good morning to you Frank good morning Patricia um, you worked in, in the post office in the United Kingdom I ran a post office a postmaster in Manchester for, for many years Patricia yeah. okay and you did was there was there similar saving stamps they had multi-saving stamps they had a saving stamp for your road tax they had a saving stamp for your gas they had one for your electric they had one for all sorts of stuff and uh, they were a, a huge success and, and exactly as that lady was saying there the, the, the beauty of them is that people on fixed income can't uh, afford or they dread the big bill coming in. Mm. And uh, if you can go, no matter what you've saved, if, if you've only got some of it, it still takes a chunk out of that, um, that, that motor tax thing. Uh, and are you similar. saying, was it a, were they all different stamps? So you put them into all different books. Was that how it was done? In there, yeah. On a Monday morning, you know, when, when the people would come in to, to, collect, um, to collect their pensions, um, it could be the child benefit they were collecting or whatever, and they would have there would be various books, and they would say, right, can I have say let's say ten pounds worth of gas? Can I have five pounds worth of um, 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 electric? Can I have ten pounds worth of car tax? And they would stick those in their books. And another another uh, good thing about it was people, uh, and I've done this myself. Uh, people would buy them as presents. So sometimes you can say, come Christmas or a birthday or something like, what what do I buy somebody who's got everything? Well, they've got a car, they've got a, a electric bill, they've got a, whatever kind of bill they've got. And in the card, in, into the, your card, you pop a card with it can be any amount. Um, and it's as good as buying these sort of things like, you know, you won for all vouchers and everything. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really as, as good as anything. And some people don't like to give money. Some people don't like yeah. money. But if you get one of these, I know any time I've used them, people are always delighted because it, it's, it's a nice thing to do. Well, it's, it's like handing somebody cash. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice way of, of, of doing something that people aren't insulted that, look, there's £10 towards your, your uh, gas bill or whatever. Yeah. But look, there's a couple of... But the road tax one you're saying was and probably is still there. Yeah, the, the, and they were, they were selling at, if, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, £5 uh, uh, sterling. Yeah, and um, then you could buy as many of them as you wanted. And buy them as you want, and people who didn't even collect pensions and that would pop into the post office because most people, as I say a lot of pensions now today, would have their money paid directly to the post office, whether they like it or not. But they could still, you, you could still go into the post office and buy your stamps and you could still do your saving whether or not you actually collected your pension there. Okay, well, Frank, well done, Frank June. That's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it's a great thing, and most especially for people, like I say, on fixed incomes, any bill that's, uh, any, any annual bill is, is a worry, be it TV or be it your motor tax or whatever. There's always a concern. You're sitting there. I mean, it nearly goes back to the days when, when, when you had the old tea caddies on top of the mantelpiece and you put a shilling in there. Yeah, which we, don't, which we don't want people doing. We don't want people storing money at home. Frank, thank you for that. Um, and June, that is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just, it, it, it's just a, a very simple, easy method that can make such a difference. 
people's lives. Okay. Um, All right, well, keep us posted on how you get on. And particularly if you're launching that campaign online, we certainly would be willing to share it because, as I say, a lot of our listeners uh, think that you're you're onto a winner with this one. And just very briefly, before you go just on a different topic, Cork County Council are looking at the possibility of a retail outlet similar to Kildare Village. Are you in favour and would you like to see the site close to Fomoy Mitchellstown? Because I'm assuming that's what they'd be thinking of with access to the motorway. Well, anything that's going to bring in more jobs to the area, um, you know, and and bring more people into the area is surely a good thing, Patricia. Yeah. You know. um, Do you know what sites they're looking at? No, well, no. look, I, I, I'm sure they're looking at a number of sites uh, around, um, and I wouldn't like to name any just in case it's wrong. But, yeah. you know, um, obviously, like the likes of Mitchestown, when, when Galti closed down, you know, we were hit hard um, and we're still not quite recovered from it, um, you know, and there's been an awful lot of, of work, I know, by the IDA in, in Fermi, but... We just need need more uh, infrastructure when it comes to jobs and we need to be careful that we're not relying on one particular area mm. um, because we saw the damage that can do with, with Galaxy yeah. when you rely solely on, on one particular area. And so look, look up the country with the news this week with Borden and Mona, the devastation that's yeah. going to cost in that area. All right, OK, June, we leave it there. Thank you for that. OK. And uh, no have a lovely weekend. Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, that is North Cork-based councillor June Murphy. Cork Today. With Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Now, according to figures from the National Parks and Wildlife Service, more than 20 birds of prey were illegally shot or poisoned in this country uh, last year. To talk about this, these worrying figures, I'm joined by Niall Hatch of Bird Watch Ireland. Good morning to you, Niall. Morning. And you're welcome. Is it true at Birdwatch Ireland you actually dispute the figures and you reckon the figures is actually higher? Oh, yes. Uh, the, the figures that are being, being announced are uh, 22 birds that are being mentioned in, in this report. That's just the tip of the iceberg. To be fair to the authors from the National Parks and Wildlife Service, they acknowledge that in the introduction to the report. They, they said that these are just the cases that they've had the opportunity opportunity to investigate and uh, so they've been able to, to uh, work out the cause of death of these birds. Of course in many cases where uh, a bird of prey would be illegally poisoned, um, it would die, die in agony away, hidden oh. away from view, wouldn't be seen or it would be scavenged by a fox or something like that. And of course in cases where people are illegally shooting these birds they're taking the bodies away and burying them so um, we, so the evidence isn't being found. So the fact that they've managed to even find the evidence in, in these cases shows that there's a very widespread problem right across the country and we all know that Again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Are there are there any other ways to collect the data other than the way it's been done at the moment to try and get a more accurate figure? Well, it, it's difficult. Certainly, we know of cases where people have reported um, dead birds that brought prey to us in Birdwatch Ireland. We're we're an independent NGO. We don't have investigation powers. We, we liaise with, with the National Parks and Wildlife Service, of course, and pass on any data and information we get to them. But we know in many cases that um, by the time uh, someone goes to investigate, that the, 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 the dead bird is already gone, uh, or in some cases it isn't possible to determine the, the, the cause of death. Uh, we do know from people contacted as well to say that they know of somebody who has shot or poisoned birds or is deliberately targeting them. Um, but no, no actual um, dead car- car- uh, you know, carcasses are found of these birds. So, it, so it, it does. It, you know, it, it begs the question: I suppose, why are people doing this? And um, and why? Why? Well, why well, would somebody yeah. shoot one of these beautiful creatures? Well. It, 
it's, it's absolutely baffling to me. I, I don't understand it. I think a lot of it comes down to, to misinformation and a lack of education around these birds. Birds of prey in our environment are absolutely nothing but a benefit. Um, one of the main species that we're seeing targeted is a bird called the buzzard, which um, was once very common in Ireland, um, almost became extinct um, from, from you know, during the 20th century, and has slowly but surely been making a very welcome comeback under its own steam. I'm, I'm speaking to you from North County Wicklow, where I, I see them every day over my house and over our office in Birdwatch Ireland. Um, but they're spread down to Cork now. They're, they're all over the country. And they, their favourite foods are, are rats, rabbits and crows. That's what they like to eat. People might be worried uh, or concerned that they would be a threat to livestock, but, but not at all. They, they're not capable of harming a lamb or a sheep. They would, they would sometimes feed on a stillborn or dead lamb if they find one. They, they are scavengers. But they're certainly um, not capable of killing one. They wouldn't even try. Uh, and so they're nothing but a benefit to landowners that killing the rats and the rabbits and the crows and, and, and sort of bringing balance back into the ecosystem. Another thing that's happening as well is sometimes people are putting out poisoned meat Unfortunately, in some cases, deliberately to target these birds, and other birds like white-tailed eagles and red kites. Uh, but in many cases, what's happening is that poisoned meat bait has been put out to kill particularly foxes. Mm. And that's highly illegal, of course. You can't put out any kind of poisoned meat or indeed use poisons in, in situations like that at all because it's so indiscriminate. And that's, uh, that, that's the reason. Obviously, birds like this that are very good at detecting uh, prey or carrion, they're, they're easy targets for this, and they'll come in and scavenge on it and, and, and be killed very easily. So um, it's, it's an absolute travesty that this is happening in Ireland and, and internationally as well. It makes headlines in other countries and makes us seem like something out of the dark ages. It really does. And do we have many birds of prey in this country? I'm glad to say that the, the, the number and the diversity is increasing. So uh, we, we, we're, we're lagging certainly behind most other European countries, including Britain. You go, some, you go across the water, even just to Wales, and you see buzzards extremely commonly, almost, you know, and every other fence post there. Uh, they're, they're very, very common. But we do have a good numbers here. So the most common bird of prey we have would probably be the sparrowhawk, which is the one people are most likely to see in their gardens, and it, it's doing well. Um, we have another one, the kestrel, which hovers alongside the, the, the roadways. Um, it feeds on... on small mice and things like that. And it's actually being hit by rat poisons along with, uh, with the barn owl, which is another species that feeds on rodents. People aren't intending to harm these birds, but obviously certain types of rat poison, they poison the rats and mice. If a, a bird like a kestrel or an owl feeds on those rats and mice, uh, what happens is they take the poison into their own system. And it makes them, sometimes it'll kill them outright, but in many cases it actually makes them feel very weak and vulnerable. They're less able to look after themselves and their chicks. But also what my colleague John Lusby, who's done a lot of work on barn owls in particular, what he's been finding is that barn owls that uh, have been affected by rat poison, they try to hunt along the sides of roads where there are lights because it's easier for them to find food there because they're so weak they take the easy option. Uh-huh. And therefore they're much more likely to be hit by vehicles. So we're finding that the poison is actually killing owls indirectly by forcing them to be hit by vehicles. Um, other birds we have, we have the peregrine falcon, the fastest animal on the planet. They're making a big comeback in Ireland. We've had the golden eagle, the white tailed eagle, the red kite reintroduced. Uh, we have the merlin, which is our smallest falcon. And along with the barn owl, we have the longer owl, the short-eared owl. We have the hen harrier, of course, one of our mm. rarest birds of prey. Um, so we're actually a good country for birds of prey, um, but we should be a lot better. Uh, there should be a higher density of them here, and they, they perform a wonderful service for the environment and for the ecosystem. Okay, all right, we leave it there. Now, listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Niall Hatch of uh, Birdwatch um, Ireland. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This came in earlier. Where's this text gone? Patricia, could you repeat the number, please, to donate for the Butterfly Skin Disorder fundraising that you had on the mum uh, during the week? I can. It is. This is from Deborah Ireland. And they're striving to end the heartache and pain. Uh, a fundraising for EB. This is the skin disease. Uh, and God, to hear that young mum talk about that little girl, Alana, at two and a half and having to take the bandages off and then 
into a bath of Milton and salt and having to give her morphine because it's going to be so painful. It's just... And they go through that. Every second day, those bandages have to be taken off, peeled off, and then the new bandages applied. And kind of the one day of relief is every second day, you know, it was the two days a week she goes to, little, little Alana goes to play school. It's just, to see your child in pain, it's just, it's probably the worst thing, the worst thing for parents to watch a child. And then I, I was thinking of them taking the bandages off and causing pain. You know, you know you're causing pain to your child. It just... Oh, it's gut wrenching. It really is. Anyway, we can all help uh, by texting the word butterfly. So it's the, you text the word butterfly to five zero three zero zero five zero three zero zero. And by doing that, uh, you text four euro is taken from uh, your uh, account, account. And um, Deborah Ireland actually received three euro twenty five. There's a there's a cost in in the text itself, but the the biggest chunk of the money goes to Deborah Ireland. So you text the word butterfly to five zero three zero zero. Talking of calls, there's a couple of scam calls during the rounds at the moment because we've had some calls in about scam calls. Uh, Jim in Clannacilty says, we've been getting a couple of strange calls the last few days. We uh, we presume they're strange calls. They come from what looks is a very long number when it shows up on the phone. Uh, Jim says, my wife has answered it, but it's somebody talking, obviously a pre-recorded message. By the time I get to the phone, they have normally hung up. Um, I If you don't get to it in, if you don't get to the call quick enough, it's hung up and there's uh, I don't know if they leave messages or not uh, yeah and the idea behind it is they want you to ring them back and when you ring back you, you're you put back on to uh, a premium line and somebody was on, else was on saying the very that's Jim is in Clannacilty Daniel's in McCroom he says we got a scam call yesterday but it, when, if you look at it very quickly it looks like it's a, no, a local number it's only when you study it you realise there's too many digits on it for it to be a local number but he said yesterday when he looked at his phone quickly he thought it was a McCroom uh, number. Now, he said it was a recorded message claiming to be from air saying that Daniel's broadband was going to be cut off and he needed to press one to speak to uh, an engineer. He said if you don't get to the phone quick enough it cuts off after about uh, 10 seconds uh, and obviously then if you do a call back it's through to a premium line. Yeah, they're, 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 they're the same, they're the very same scams. Any of those ones where you if you get to the call on time and it's a pre-recorded message trying to get you to press uh, a button then you're through to a premium line. Uh, the other one is they hoping that you don't answer at all that you don't hear any pre-recorded message um, or that you don't get get to the call and then you see a missed call they're hoping that you'll dial back the number and as soon as you dial back the number you're through to a premium line so you do have to be very very uh, careful and Pat was um talking about the case that we highlighted yesterday of Dr Burke in uh, Newmarket, this 99-year-old man who went to court, fair dues, he went to court and uh, stood up to that yoke uh, who robbed 700 euro from him almost two years ago now, it was January of 2017, it happened in the car park of O'Keeffe's Supervalue in Newmarket. This guy led on to be a member of Angarda Shikona said he was checking for forged notes. Dr Burke being the honest, caring, understanding man that he is and trusting man that he is, opened his wallet, handed over 70 euro, 700 euro in 50 euro notes to this man who we thought was a member of Angarda Corner. The guy 
he let on he was checking it and then drove off and, and the money was gone anyway he was in court and he got uh, nine months Pat says I hope that man in Newmarket that Dr Burke got his money back that was robbed the thief should have got nine years instead of nine months no by the way the money's gone they ne- he never got the money back as you remember the guy that was charged and found guilty in court court John Buddy O'Brien from Abbey Field with an address at Barrick Street in Walford. He claimed that he didn't do it. So obviously by claiming he didn't do it, he wasn't going to turn up in court with the 700 euros. So no, unfortunately and sadly, uh, Dr. Burke did not get his money uh, back. Some of your calls coming into the programme on the breathalyzer. James in Cloyne said, why isn't every pub fitted with the breathalyzer so that people can check for themselves. Surely publicans have a responsibility and need to be able to check people's alcohol uh, levels. Others will say if you're in a pub, um, James, having a drink, you you shouldn't have your car or else you should leave your car. Don't get back into your car, no matter how much drink and no matter how little drink you've had. I mean, that's the one thing that's come out from the new drink driving laws. The smallest, smallest, smallest amount of drink is going to put you over at the limit. So you and you have been warned and it's in. It's now been in since um, last night. Other calls uh, coming into us. John O'Donovan was on to us from the city. Morning to you, John. To say, I wonder, will the Healy Rays surface today now that this law is in uh, place? But if they have respect, I feel they should stay away from the media today. I welcome the changes, says John, of the drink driving law, and I would extend it even more. But we all know there are enough, there are not enough Gardaí out on the beat to police uh, the changes. And sadly, that's going to mean many people will uh, get away. Well, I know Chief Superintendent Finbar Murphy of the Roads Policing Bureau said on Garda Siakona would be strictly enforcing the new measures. And I also know uh, that Shane Ross, when he was announcing that the law was going was coming in from midnight uh, last night. He did say what a very difficult time they had in getting the bill through the doll and accused some of his doll colleagues of delaying the provision. He said, I never want to see again the sort of antics and filibustering that delayed this uh, bill and to the TDs uh, going going rogue in this way. He says, I think this is offensive, not just to other TDs, but to other people who had suffered tragedies tragedies in their lives. So I don't know, I haven't heard from any of the Healy Rays. Have they spoken yet today? But the law is in. I mean, they can talk all they like. No, they're not. They're certainly not going to get it changed. They did everything in their power, powers to try to get it changed. But uh, it didn't work, that's for sure. Some of your texts are coming into us on car taxing that we spoke with Councillor uh, June Murphy about. Hi Patricia, the extra cost of taxing one's car at three and six month intervals is also wrong as it penalises those on low incomes and who cannot afford the yearly payment up front. Yeah, and it was one of the points that June made and it does seem a bit unfair. If you can, if you can afford to pay your road tax in one lump sum then you will get it cheaper than people who can't the people that have to pay it every three months so every three months this road tax bill is coming in but when they add up what they pay over the year they pay more 
by paying three monthly and it's they're not they're they're doing it not out of choice they're doing it out of necessity they don't have all of the road tax in one lump sum to be able to pay it and I suppose that would might be one of the benefits to what June is is saying maybe not the first year they mightn't be able to collect it all but they could be paying their road tax and then starting to collect up the money for next year so that when the bill comes in they will be able to pay it in one fell swoop and it will save them money as well and Catherine was on to say out of her children's allowance she buys 20 euro worth of uh, stamps in high street books they're 5 euro a stamp she said it's a fantastic way uh, to do it and we got on to Catherine because I was unsure what she meant by buying books buying stamps in a book shop and Catherine says It's a scheme that High Street Books do in primary schools, even though Catherine's children are in secondary school. You go into the uh, shop, you spend five euro, for example, and then you get so many stamps. The more stamps you get. So when I need to get school books for the year ahead, I'll have a book of stamps which will go towards the cost for for next year and it saves me a lot of money not having to fork out a lot of money at one go this is for secondary school as most primary schools have schemes in place but it takes pressure off uh, people and Laura's in Douglas have the exact same s- system as High Street Books have okay oh I, I, I was unaware of that I'm gone past having children going to school but that's good because God knows that's an expensive time of the year for parents so maybe People could check that out at their local book store to see a saving scheme. And as Catherine says, just, you know, the children's allowance, the money that comes in, um, that most people like to try and spend it on their children and for their children. So there's a way, put some of it away every single week and you put it towards the cost of your for your back to school costs for next year. Uh, Christy says the issue of requiring car insurance has not been addressed by successive governments. All are just waffling on the issue. It's a disgrace that it is almost impossible to get insurance on an older car. Now this is an older car that is fully past the NCT. What is it? It's a car over 10 years no one will you've got to stick with the company you're with no new you can't you know when we're telling people make sure you shop around for your car insurance you can't unfortunately if your car is 10 years or older Christie says the insurance companies are not being held to account on so many issues an utter scandal that people are being forced to take perfectly road worthy cars off the road and possibly forced into debt to purchase a newer vehicle just to try to get lower insurance. Especially discriminates against young drivers who are trying to start out. Kind regards, says uh, Christy. And when Christy mentions NCT, there's a really interesting tech WhatsApp in from Mary. Listen to this. Mary says, hi Patricia, I had my car in for its NCT recently and I ended up having to bring it back three times before it passed. The problem was with my handbrake. No problem with that, even though it's costly. But on my last visit to the garage, the mechanic was appalled to discover that my front tyre was so worn on its inside that the wire was visible. Now, bearing in mind, this car had been through the NCT twice and nobody noticed or noted it. So I wonder how thorough this test actually is. And one of the fails noted was a small screw that needed to be changed in the bumper. A worn tyre can kill me or some other driver. Where a screw missing out of the bumper. Not going to kill somebody. 
kind regards, says Mary. I'm shocked by that. I'm absolutely shocked by that to think that the tyre was so worn, the thread was visible. So you would actually see that the tyre was uh, worn and it, it passed on the NCT twice. Wow, wow, wow. 1850 uh, John Paul taking your calls. C103 Jobs. Experienced industrial sewing machinist required it's for immediate uh, full-time employment as with O'Connor Group in Newmarket. Fast food assistants are required for a busy band in takeaway full and part-time positions and a ground person is required to work with Ace Tree Specialists that's in the Cork City area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Now, one of our favourite authors on the programme has done it again and written another beautiful book, this time entitled And Life Lights Up Moments That Matter. Best selling author Alice Taylor uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Alice. Good morning, Patricia. I passed your front door yesterday, but I didn't unfortunately have time to stop and it was a little bit too late. Oh. I was in band and all the lights were off anyway. I reckoned you were tucked up in bed. <laughs> Uh, anyway, your book, it, it, I, I loved it, by the way. And normally when I get uh, your books, I would, in a day or two, I'll just rum read it and, and I'll have it done. And then I normally go back and enjoy a second read. Yeah. But when I picked up this book, I have to be very honest, it took me two weeks because I savoured it. Oh. From start to finish, when I, when I first picked yeah. it up, I thought, no, I can't rush this. Because it made me stop and think. So I'd stop and think and I'd put it down and then I'd go back to it. And then I got to the stage where I was allowing myself a couple of a couple of chapters each night. And I I just it just it's it has had such an effect on me because it I tell you what it is. It's it's a book that makes you stop. It reminds us all to stop and smell the roses and just appreciate life. I mean, isn't, isn't that it in a nutshell? That's yeah. Well, that was the aim of the game, really, Patricia. You know, because um, I think we we kind of gallop through through golden moments, and we, sometimes we don't see them or feel them. And I think we we kind of need the good times because they get us through the rough times. Yeah. And it's all about you know the saving. I know now there's the glorious moments when people rise the cup, they climb mountains, they do amazing things, and that's an, an exhilarating experience. But then there there are very ordinary times that are absolutely uh, uplifting, like and just great. And it it's a pity if we're so busy, if our minds are full of something else. That we just, we just miss we out miss, on it. We miss the bus. <laughs> now, yet, yet again, stunning photographs. Yes. You see, um, Emma Burden works with O'Brien Press and we, you know, we've worked together now in the last couple of books and, you know, it's a bit like two horses plowing together. We're in harmony with each other. <laughs> You know, she, we, we talk about it and she captures the moment. And, you know, sometimes a picture kind of captures people's imagination mm. and takes them, the picture takes them into the, what I'm writing about. And they place themselves there then, you know. I, I think, you know, Patricia, it's very important how you start your day. Yeah. And um, if you kind of, you know... I suppose lifelong goal lent itself to to, to a, a slow start because we were. I mean, 
I suppose basically we, we were a farming community um, and the farmer went out in the morning brought in the cows. Now you couldn't gallop cows across the field, you had to do it slowly and in the throes of doing that I think he heard the birds, he was in touch with nature, maybe not consciously but he was and in touch with himself and um, I think in those occasions, a peace, you know, a pool of peace forms inside us. Whereas now, I think sometimes in the morning, you know, the automatic um, alarm clock goes off, and we have, you know, we have um, we have the, the troubles of the world inside in the bed before we put one foot on the floor, and we're rushing, and we're, we're busy, and, and we're killed from it. And yeah. I think, you know, when I was in a situation like that, I remember getting up very early one morning and going down. Uh, into the garden and thinking, oh, if you can kind of um, get peace and quiet, inner peace and quiet, mm. I think it gets you through the, the turbulent times then. If you're, you know, if you're at, at peace within yourself, you could take a fair lot of racketing that goes on this, uh, around you. And I think, you know, I, I I think my first taste of that was as, as a child and, um, Strange enough, I was up minding bonnets. Now, that's just, I don't know if people in today's world will know what minding bonnets were. Yeah. But anyway, the baby pigs, and I was only about eight, and it was mad to stay up because I wanted to know what night, night was like. Yeah. Because, you know, during the day there was a big family, there was luckily on the house, the animals, and the farmyard. And I thought, what's this like at night? And I, the peace, everyone was in bed, and all you could hear was the tick of the clock. And I looked out the window, even the hot, you know, normally there'd be hens and chickens. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Down. and calves and bellowing everything on absolute stillness 
I don't think you got this is a different world. And I looked out the window, kind of, oh, we, we we lived in the side of the hill overlooking the Kerry Mountains. And I kind of thought, oh, my God, it's a scary world out there. And um, I lay down on our sofa by the fire and fell asleep. And when I woke up, I thought, oh, my God, my precious night is gone. And I got, I went out to the front door and the dawn was rising. And um, the dawn chorus was just starting. And, the, the, you know, the whole valley was full of golden light and the birds were just chirping very gently and the dawn chorus I think we have a lot to learn from them they don't all burst into song and together they start very gently with one or two one or two yeah and gradually it builds up to an orchestra and then they're ready for the day and I think maybe we could learn a lot from that if we could get it, um, 10 minutes quarter of an hour in the morning before the racket of the day starts I think we'd be we'd be able for the day and we you know it wouldn't rattle us as much but do, but do you find that that appreciation of life and that whole thing of slowing down and you know appreciating it it, it comes with age I think it does yeah it does a bit and I think if you could have it at a younger age um, your quality of life would be better yeah. I suppose well, Patricia, surely we learn something as we Yeah, we on. have to. We, we, have, to we, we have to learn something. You write about clearing the clutter. Yes. Now that's something we all need to do. And by God, after you do it, you feel good, don't you? Yeah. But you see, this, what do they say? Clear your, clear your clutter, clear your mind. Yeah. And and that's true. Like if we clutter builds up around us, um, it deadens our mind as well. So there are all kind of little things that we can that we can do. And I think if you're in a bad place, uh, if you go out into the garden, there's something about nature. Go for a walk in the wood. Walk around by the river. Um, there's healing in, in there's great healing in nature. And I remember when I was in a very bad state with bereavement, I went digging the garden. Mm. I think digging, whatever there is about digging the earth, the earth, the earth heals us, you know. And and there's nothing like a good friend to talk things over with. I think if anybody asks me what, what's the most valuable virtue in life, I would say kindness. Mm. Because if you can sit down <clears throat> with a kind friend, um, it it kind of eases your mind. Patricia, can I read a poem for you? But yeah, please do. Please this do. is a poem about kindness. And I wrote this after somebody <clears throat> just sitting down and talking with somebody. And it's called Kindness. The warmth of your kindness kept me in my mind. Its work could not be measured. It had goodness undefined. You held out a caring hand when I was full of pain. You thawed my frozen being and made me live again. And I think that's what a good friend can do. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about buying expensive gifts or anything. It's just spending. And actually, on kindness, um, a a complete random act of kindness can also be important. The lady who called to the house with the milk jug to match your tea set on the the tea and talk book. Wasn't that lovely? Tell me that story. Yeah, I was sitting here. Do you know, know I was having a, they're all all at me kind of a day. Yeah, we uh, all get those. (laughs) And uh, I kind of, I was, Tired. I was worn out from people and work and everything, and, and I was feeling, oh God! And there was a knock at the door. 
And I thought, oh my God, can I answer it? So I said, Alice, give yourself a kick in the you know where now and get out and answer the door. So I did, and this outside the door was a total stranger. And she said, I'm just passing to West Cork, I'm away from Dublin, and I want to give you this. And I was, I said, will you come in? I mean, when somebody appears with a gift, you say, no, 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 no. She said, I'm in the family are in the car and we're just going through. And she hopped in the car and was gone. And I came in and I opened the, the parcel and there was a letter with it. And in the, the, the letter was, uh, my mother died recently. And when we were going through her things, she said, I found this joke. And it was the last piece of a set of wear that my mother loved. And she said, you had that um, set of wear on the cover of your last book, Tea and Talk. And she said, my mother, I know, would love you to have this jug. Oh. Because she said she loved your books. And there was the jug. And I thought, what a lovely thing to do, like. And it is the exact same match. The, exactly. And you didn't have that jug no, in no, your set. Just part of the set. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. Like, and d- d- did she leave a, a forwarding address? Yeah. Nothing. So, you know, ah, yeah, I guess I when, I, when I read it in the book, I said, oh, God, I hope that that lady reads this book, <laughs> re- reads it. I really do hope because yeah. I thought it was it was just it was but like that. It was just, you know, in her own grief. And it probably helped her as well to it, know yeah. that a bit of her mother is gone to somebody who it meant so much to her mother yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought what a beautiful thing to do. Like, I mean, Patricia, she lit up my whole day. Yeah, it's, it, it's terrific. In in this book, you write about your pregnancies, and I didn't realise you had very difficult pregnancies. <laughs> All how did you ever? Way. How did you ever have more than one child? I don't know. I don't know. That uh, in the end, like I suppose you know, you you well, they were the times that were in it, Patricia. But um, um, you see, I think in a way. Um, I know we all would sidestep hardship if you could. Yeah. You know, t- tough times. But I think that when you get out at the other end, you have learned and it has strengthened you and forged you into a stronger person. You know, I think that's very good. For you. I remember when I was caring for Auntie Peg, um, who died here with us, um, and... Um, no, it was tough going, like, and anybody will tell you that looking after somebody who's very ill is is no bother. There's somebody who got no bother from it, like, and never did it, because it's tough going. Yeah. But I found that very, very hard. And I remember the last couple of weeks, I used to think, God, I'd go over the cliff with her, because I was kind of psychologically with her as well as physically caring for her. But I always thought afterwards, Patricia, that experience of, um, I suppose you could almost say dying with somebody. Uh, you know, I I learned a lot from that. And I think every, I mean, we'd all, wouldn't, we'd all want to sidestep these tough experiences, but we have no choice. And I think they, they create um, a, a, a different thinking within you. And then you identify with people were walking that road. Mm. That's where empathy comes in. If if you have walked in the shoes, I remember my sister Ellen, who's been all her life in, in Toronto and spent the last 10 years here mostly with me, and um, she had a lovely expression. And we were talking about somebody one day who had um, 
grown up with us and then spent a lot of time in Toronto near Ellen and she did something which was extraordinary like wasn't very nice and I said God I said Elle, I said wouldn't you think she'd know better after you know she's years of living and um, Elle said to me you know she never walked in the shoes mm. and there's an old Indian expression you've got to walk in the shoes yeah, yeah. and you know people that's why people who have gone through tough times understand people bereavement you'll always know somebody when you're going through bereavement it's only the people who've walked through it under, really understand it. yeah I always think when whenever I talk to anyone who's lost a child which mm-hmm. to me goes against nature yeah. uh, to bury your child yeah. and the support they get from other parents yeah. and how often I've interviewed people where they've said that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with a group of people who know my pain who yeah. know, who know uh, wh- what I'm going through yeah. 25 books later you still get a buzz when the latest book is is finally published. Yeah, you know, um, Patricia, when the, the day the first copy arrives, before it's out there at all, it's like it's like the birth of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's all used for the first couple of days, like, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a dream realised. Because I, and I actually do, you know, um, I do. I enjoy the actual writing. I think, you know, I think Patricia, our creativity is the greatest gift we have, and I, th- I, I always, uh, you know, think it's a pity people associate creativity with writing, painting, uh, music, and it is. But creativity is, um, it's gardening, it's baking, it's wood turning, it's making anything, knitting, sewing. I think they're all healing. And Brendan Kennelly has a lovely poem about watching his mother baking a cake. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And if, if Brendan, you know, absorbed her joy in making the cake, could you imagine what he did for his mother, the making yeah. of the cake? Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, we Irish came through fierce, rough times, famine and all sorts of deprivations. But I think um, our creativity saved us. Work in the land... And um, women sewing, knitting. Creativity is a great healer. And, you know, the painting, if, you, if you're if you in a bad place, doing something, there, you know, um, there's therapy in doing things, in doing things. In, and it's difficult. You have to kind of kick yourself into doing the things. But once you get going, you get better. Yeah. Yeah. you really get better like one of the photographs that made me smile because it brought me back to my own childhood was the bottle of paddy with the holy water <laughs> in it <laughs> we, I, and it just got me thinking as well you know we've bottle banks now and everything we never threw out I mean the, the milk mm-hmm. bottles went back obviously to get because they yeah, you gave the empties yeah. to get the full milk bottles ba- back yeah. uh, but the bottle of paddy that was there at Christmas oh, that yeah. bottle was kept and was used for something else and yes in our house it did have holy water in it as, uh, yeah. as well and for the blessing of the land on the on the first day of May. Yeah, I love that. I I love that. And you know, you were saying Patricia about throwing all things. I mean, there weren't that many bottles of paddy in any house. No, that one came at Christmas, so the bottle was very valuable. And you know, I smiled when I looked at the, at the bottle of paddy on the page. I'd say, people will think, what the hell is she doing with a bottle of paddy <laughs> stuck in the middle of the book? But it wasn't full of paddy. It was full of holy water. And my mother brought it and. Um, 
I think rogation days, even the very word rogation, it does to kind of run off your uh, tongue. It's a kind of, do you know, do you remember when we did poetry in school, there was onomatopoeia? Yeah, 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 yeah. the babbling brook. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. And uh, something about rogation days, and I mean, the fact that they're near the ascension as well, like, it's an uprising. And my mother would bring them the bottle of holy water, and out she'd go to the fields with my father, and the two of them would go around to the different fields, and we'd trail along. And um, I I love the idea of the blessing and invoking God. And, you know, as a child, um, Patricia, it wouldn't have surprised me the slightest bit if the clouds had parted and the Lord had put down his hand and, and blessed us like. Because children, <laughs> everything is possible. Yeah. But I used to love those days going around blessing the fields and all the different fields. You On a farm, you knew the name of every field. I mean, there was the field where the cattle grazed constantly, the fort field. Then there was the field that, you know, where the grain was grown and that was valuable. Then the potato field and all the different fields. And you loved the fields. And back from just beside our house was the fort field and it was a, a hilly field and... Um, I remember going back there as a child and you'd lie lying down on the field and I think there's something very therapeutic about lying down on the on, on the grass and looking up at the sky. I know now it didn't everywhere you could do it like, but you, I think it's still beneficial if you're a quiet corner and it kind of connects you with, with, with the reality of life and I could even look up at the sky and thinking and years, years afterwards writing a poem about it. You know, poetry comes from the strangest places. It comes from layers from within experiences that maybe you've had as a child because I think um, you know Patricia every childhood experience is still within us somewhere somewhere yeah, yeah. and then you know the beauty and children absorb beautiful moments they're not conscious of it but they're they're in there and in a way in childhood that's you know that's the that time is so wonderful and in a way I think it's a great thing for children to be bored because then they they kind of go within themselves and I discovered that in Belly Bunyan would you believe my mother used to take the smallest of us to Belly Bunyan in in September when the hay and I was saved and I remember we used to love it oh god we love belly bunion the smell of the seaweed and the nine daughters hole and uh, running along I remember the donkeys collecting the seaweed but in the evening my mother went to the chapel to say the rosary now when you're about eight or nine you have much interest in saying the rosary too much praying not at all and she knelt down at home, you see, my mother had loads of trimmings. At home, my father would put a stop to her religious gallop. But in Belly Bunyan, when she was on her own, there was no one to put a There's cool stock on her. No end to the trimmings. <laughs> no end to the trimmings. So I checked the rosary bead to say where she was like, because I knew from listening to her at home, say the rosary. But an office she'd only be at the birth of our Lord, and then we'd have to get lost and found in the temple. I'd like, oh my God, this is grand forever. So I go out. I remember one evening going out and sitting on the wall outside the church. Now, it's all built up now, but that time um, there was um, a field outside, a wild field of briars and thistles and everything. And I remember sitting on the wall, and then in the middle of it was a beautiful red poppy, wild. And I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, my God. And years and years afterwards, I wrote a poem about that beautiful poppy, and that poppy, I think, did me on to beautiful things afterwards. You know, I think children are exposed to beautiful things. Um, 
they grow inside in them. And that's why I think it's very important to, that they go, you know, be taken to the woods, to maybe see beautiful art exhibitions. Children have these um, beautiful things inside in them. So I think that's, 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 you know, that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're some memories coming in for people. Somebody wants to know, does Alice remember twins that lived across the river from her? Well, I do. Yeah, whatever that is. I don't know whether it's one of the twins, but you, but the person wants to say, well, well done on your books. Uh, really enjoyed them. And Dermot says, listening to Alice with the bottle of paddy, he remembers a lady who kept pochine in an old paddy, paddy bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the guard, a guard that called in one day, and of course she got the fright of her life because there's the bottle of pochine yeah. on the table. Of course she straight away said, oh, it's holy water, it's holy water. And as the guard <laughs> was leaving, she pretended to sprinkle him with, gar- with holy water, which was pochine, and he was none the wiser. <laughs> He got away with it. Okay, I could talk to you all day, but I've run out of time. But I have to the sixty-four million dollar question, uh, Alice Taylor: manure or dung? Yeah, or oh, 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 dung. <laughs> Patricia, have we got a few stents. I that made me laugh. Explain that you always called it dung, and yeah, now it's manure. The like there were dung wheels out in the yard, and uh, you know, the, uh, dung was part of our way of life. But now, when we're gardening and we're riding stables around here. I find myself talking about horse manure. <laughs> and I think, Alice, what the hell, what the hell is that happening? And um, so um, it, it's very funny. And then I was in Jerusalem a few years ago, and they have the gate of dung there, <laughs> and the dung gate. But, uh, but we, I, I go up here to Conor Murphy's writing table, and there's an Englishman up there, a very dapper kind of an Englishman. I call him, do you know the English people? I call him the Observer English. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, we we bag up the the horse manure and he's lovely and he helps and um, he lives next door to my daughter up the hill and he said to my daughter one evening I never saw anybody to get exci- as excited about horse shit as your mother does. <laughs> <laughs> And it's good for the garden. Listen, Alice, it's a pleasure as always. We will talk again yeah. uh, before the close of the year, as we always do at Christmas. But but listen, and candlelight, is that out this year? Candlelight, we, we had it out for proofreading. Our 35th candlelight Unreal. out this year. Unreal. We'll talk yeah. again. God bless. Thanks and well done pleasure. on the book. It's fabulous. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Alice Taylor. And Life Lights Up, Moments That uh, Matter. It is published by O'Brien Press. And it uh, really, really is a lovely. It's a delightful read and I think it's a, it's a book that's uh, going to be appearing uh, for a lot of people will make a delightful Christmas present. It really is lovely. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And thank you to people who enjoyed my chat with uh, Alice Taylor, including Michael, who says, it's always a pleasure to listen to Alice Taylor. Such a beautiful lady, easy on the ear and brings back so many memories. Yeah, and oh, that's what our books do. They just bring back such wonderful w- memories that make you feel all warm and fuzzy. Uh, it really is a lovely book and we wish her well uh, with it. Michael also said, I'm glad to have heard your piece also with Cork County Council having a bit of imagination when it comes to the motor tax uh, issue. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the earth or encircles the world, uh, says Michael. Thank you for that. And I know somebody was on to, was it John Paul? I saw the message in from somebody has the 
Fimber. Thank you, Fimber, for this. Fimber obviously is about to tax his car. So he's the figures right in front of him. Of the difference between taxing your car for the full year, this is cost-wise, the difference between taxing for the full year, taxing for three months or taxing for six months. Because we'd been talking about this earlier on, saying that for people who tax it every three months, which people on a fixed income and people on low income have no other choice but to tax it every three months. And we're making the point that it's more expensive. But I didn't realise just how much more expensive it is until Finbar contacted the programme. Finbar has a 1.8 litre car. To tax for the full year, €636. That's a lot of money. That's for the full year. If you tax for a half year, it's €373. But if you tax it every three months, quarterly, €190. So if you multiply the €190 by the four quarters, you end up paying €720 as opposed to 639 for the year. So nearly, you know, close enough to being €100 Euro extra. How unfair is that? And the people who are paying the 190 every quarter are only doing it because they can't afford to pay the 636 and they get penalised to the tune of almost €100. Euro. Shocking. Thank you, Finbar. I didn't, I did not realise that the gap was that was that much of uh, a difference that uh, truly, truly is uh, shocking. Also coming in on the new drink driving laws, which are in force as in from midnight last night, you have been warned anybody caught with the 50 to 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 millilitres of blood, you will be disqualified from driving for three months and receive a 200 euro uh, fine. Heidi says, Patricia, on the drink driving uh, news, I read on the paper recently that more people are stopped by Gardaí behind the wheel with the drugs taken, what will happen to them? That's an interesting point. I, I would assume if you're caught with drugs, would you be off the, would you get the same penalties? I, that's a good point, one I hadn't thought about now. Let me think about that. Let me take a look at that and I will I will get back to you on that. Uh, thank you for that. I Because this, this doesn't, this is only drink driving. It isn't drug driving. I mean, is there a limit with drug driving? Uh, no, there couldn't be a limit with drug driving. You know, if you've got drugs in your system, drugs in your system, you shouldn't be driving. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. I'll have to. And if somebody knows the answer, get it into us, please. Uh, ASAP. Sandy says on the new drink driving laws, the new regulations are in to be obeyed for their uh, for everybody's own good. Why aren't people more annoyed at the schools and maybe now hospital building fiasco? The HSE won't check buildings coming from a government body who didn't regard missed cervical cancer failure tests as important enough to notify patients about it. I wonder why the public don't demand the dismissal of the entire HSC board instead of moaning about trivial drink driving laws, really by comparison. Uh, we shouldn't be moaning about it at all. And actually, thank you for that, Sandy. Actually, on that, because I know we, t- we, we spoke about this yesterday, what's going on with the schools and we know the Cork four Cork schools that we spoke about yesterday they are being checked out this weekend and into next week while midterm is on and I read in today's paper the Department of Education and the company at the centre of the school building building safety fiasco are now at odds over who was responsible for signing off on the three projects that we know now have serious structural problems and we don't know how many more are going to get added on to that list so the argument now 
they're going to blame each other. That's for sure. It will be watch this space. It will be really interested. I think everyone would be really interested to see who was responsible for signing off on the three projects and saying, yes, everything is okay." And what Sandy is talking about, several hospitals and health facilities that used the construction firm Western Building Systems. This is the Northern Ireland uh, company to build new units and extensions said yesterday there are no current safety concerns further checks are to be carried out as a precaution. Haven't you the funniest feeling that there is so much more to this uh, story? It is not going to go away easy, that is for sure. Uh, John, back to the drink driving laws, says shame on Minister Shane Ross. His prediction is that it will cost Fine Gael big losses in votes in rural areas. Uh, we will see the back of them for sure, says John, over this drink drive over these drink driving rules and regulations. Okay, and on a lighter note, Michael and Bantry, hi Trish. I thought the Lighthouses of Ireland was the best programme on RTE I saw for a long time it was nature at its very best kind regards and that's from Michael in Bantry and some people in I want to give a mention to in Clon where's this text gone hi Patricia would you wish our parish priest Monsignor Aidan O'Driscoll and our new curate from Poland Father Kamil Kamil uh, well, as they move into our gloriously renovated parochial house this week, this listed building, which people can see on the Clonakilty Parish Facebook page, was the birthplace of 19th century Speaker of the Canadian House of Commons, Tim- Timothy Anglin, and was badly in need of restoration. A major part of the expense was derived from the sale of some of the back garden for the building of three houses. And we wish the future occupants of those houses good fortune as well. It's not been really proactive. Rather than going out and asking the parish for the money, they saw that they'd land there, that they could sell off, and the money that they used could do up the parochial house, which was badly in need of repair. And at the same time, three new houses are going to be built, which is going to house people. So that's very proactive, can I say, of Clonakilty Parish. Uh, well done. And I've been asked to wish happy 50th wedding anniversary to a wonderful couple, uh, Cathy and Pete O'Neill of Ballancolic, all of your friends in Clonakilty, wanting to wish you all the best today. We were talking about scam calls from various parts and a lot of them were in the West Cork area. Somebody was on to say, Patricia, those scam calls were doing the rounds in Mallow yesterday as well, asking people to press one and if you didn't, your internet was going to get disconnected and we know and we're telling people do not press one because by pressing one, what happens is you end up on one of these premium lines and uh, we don't want it costing you any money, please. So do be careful. And this has gone up on our Facebook page. It's a little video clip from our own Peter Dowdle, a resident gardener. Uh, Peter put up a little video that we contacted him and said, can we, can we share? And I knew he wouldn't have any problem with us uh, sharing it. So if you're on our Facebook page, take a look at it. Uh, Peter, as a gardener, uh, works outdoors and he's out in the garden and working outside a lot. Um, and he noticed recently a spot on the side of his face that was just, you know, because I don't know, where's, where's that appeared from? That's looking a bit funny. So he went along, very proactive about it, went along to his doctor, who sent him on to a specialist, and it turns out it is skin cancer. Now, he doesn't have to have anything done. He doesn't have to have it removed or anything. He's going to be able to put ointment on it and it'll go away and he's caught it in time and all of that. But he put a little video clip together just to warn other people 
I suppose to one other people like himself who work in the great outdoors, the farming community there, and, and I know farmers are at such a risk of skin cancer because they're outside so much. It also, I suppose, makes us, reminds us to make sure that we're wearing the right factor of skin, skin screen factor cream on your face when you are outside all of the time, even on a day like today when it's quite chilly and there's that. But it's sunny out there as well. I mean, you can you're still getting exposed to the rays, even in conditions like today. So well done to Peter for for posting the video just to say, look, this has happened to me. If you work outdoors, you need to be very careful and keep checking your skin. And, you know, if you've got family members, check your back, particularly if you work in a building site and we had a really scorching hot summer, you might have stripped down and gone, you know, gone. You might have had your top off on a very warm day where your back was exposed to the sun. You just need to keep an eye. Any dodgy moles, anything, anywhere that just doesn't sit right with you. Get it checked. Be proactive because if it's caught in time, like with Peter, all he's do is put ointment on and he's going to be OK. So we've shared that up on our Facebook page. If you take a look at it and if we could get lots of people to share it, if we could get Peter's message to go viral, uh, we'll have done, we'll all have done our own uh, little bit. So thank you to Peter Dowdle for that. Check it out on the C103 Cork Facebook page. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Brandon Rugby Club are hosting a Halloween indoor scare experience called the Dungeon of Doom. It runs from 6.30 to 10pm each night uh, over this bank holiday starting this evening. Money raised will support the work of Bandon Rugby Club's work in the community, introducing children to the game of rugby. More information, go to Bandon Rugby Club's uh, Facebook page. Kilmory Historical Society, they're launching their book on the village school tonight in the Independence Museum in Kilmurray, that's at eight. Clyde Rovers Lotto Draw, that's in the Hill Bar in Bottle Hill, with a jackpot of twelve and a half thousand euro. While the Marie Keating Foundation fundraiser is in Shaw's shop in Formoy tomorrow Saturday, supported by Sketchers and Shaw's, starting at eleven a.m. with in-store raffle and uh, spot prizes. And a coffee morning in aid of cancer awareness will be held in Tyg O'Leary's bar near McCroom tomorrow, Saturday. That's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You're please ask to support. And the Maylock Valley Community Centre, they've got a progressive 45-car drive on Saturday. Uh, Saturday night at 9, all are welcome. And Wing Tractor and Vintage Car Run is on next Sunday. Check-in is at the Community Hall at 12 noon. Refreshments before and after and proceeds going to Marymount Hospice. All are welcome. Court Today. With Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Couple of texts in. Speaking of parishes, Patricia in Kilmichael Parish, the priest's house is empty. It's in need of repair. Uh, while the parish is renting a house for the priest, surely the money will be better off spent repairing the parochial house. Says Tom. Maybe it's going to cost too much. Too much. Maybe that's the issue. On the new drink driving laws that came into force at midnight last night, somebody says if you're disqualified for the three months, do you have to do your driving test again? No, you're off the road for three months. Fine of two hundred euro, and then you're back on after. At three months and someone else says Patricia please could you repeat the number for the butterfly skin condition in order to donate uh, four euro I can you text the word butterfly uh, 50300 
the word butterfly to 50300 and by doing that you donate for Europe. Now the first ever Mora Nishihig Autumn School will be held this weekend in the picturesque village of Court McSherry to outline the programme of events. I'm joined by Barry Holland. Barry is chairman of the Seven Heads Peninsula Tourism Group. Uh, good afternoon to you, Barry. Good afternoon. Uh, and you're welcome to the programme. Firstly, who was Maura Nishihig and why is it important that we remember her? Maura Nishihig was what you might call a, uh, a, li- a literary activist of her time in the era of the Gaelic Revival. She was born in Clannacilty in 1867 and she was a member of Conra na Gaelga, uh, also known as the Gaelic League. And she was a close friend of Padraig Pierce and she corresponded with him by means of letter Osgaelga quite regularly. Padraig Pierce invited her to contribute some pieces of literature to Unclive Solish, the Irish language uh, national newspaper, which was edited by Padraig Pierce and Owen McNeil. And she wrote under the name uh, Dolomu, meaning going astray. <laughs> but but she, also, she also lived in Dublin for a period of time. And uh, while she was in Dublin, she um, shared a flat with a lady by the name of Sinead Nifanagoyne. Who, who went on to be? Be Emma de Valera's wife. Sinead de Valera, yeah. But de she Valera. spent most of her life in West Cork, didn't she, Maura? She did, yeah. she did. And uh, the reason why it's important to remember her, Patricia, is because this lady, um, all of a sudden, over the course of the 60 years after her death, went off the radar. Um, it wasn't until about four or five years ago when the Dukish group in Clannacilty uh, unveiled a lovely uh, headstone on her grave in Timaleague. And it's and, and Timaleague National School, uh, the children in the school did a project on her as well, extensive amount of research actually. And it's important that we remember her because I, I, I've spoken to people in Cullen Vale, you know, and they come across her regularly through the archive, you know, the stuff she has written, her books, her, her articles, etc. We, where she was from, she was forgotten about, and yeah, that was a, that and that's was a, a shame. Bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you've you, you you've certainly done your bit by having this autumn school, and and she will be remembered. So so well done. Now the opening night uh, is tonight, and it's it's a lovely mixture of what I would describe music and talk. It is, and what we wanted to do was uh, to celebrate uh, Irish literature, language, and culture at the outset. So we tonight we're having the official opening of the autumn school and that will be performed by the mayor of Cork County, uh, Councillor Patrick Gerard Murphy. And at eight thirty p.m. there will be a lecture a uh, on Mara Lee Sheehig uh, under the title of an unsung heroine, and it will be delivered by Mara Lee Greer, who is a local uh, lady but living in Galway, who has done an extensive amount of research into Irish literature at the time. Um, Dr. Garo Debarra. He is a lecturer in NUI Galway, also a native of Barry Row, and Trelaco Dunwine, who is a historian from Clannacilty. And he'll be accompanied by Tim Crowley of the Michael Collins Centre in Castleview. And what they're doing is they're giving a, an, an outline as to her life, her time, her contributions to Irish culture, and why it's important that we remember the likes of her. And fo- that will be followed then by a performance of traditional Irish music and dance by Newstone and Colton. Well done, that's a good mix. And it's a nice way for people to get introduced to Maura and you'll come away from a lecture like that getting a sense of the woman and knowing more about her, which is, which is uh, you know, which is what really the part of the weekend is all about. Now, you have, give me some of the highlights across the weekend. Obviously, we can't go through the full programme, but global and national challenges are Correct. going to be explored. Correct. And we wanted to do something that was... Uh, outwardly thinking, but at the same time relevant to where we are locally. And we have three seminars. One of them is on featuring rural tourism. Um, we're questioning whether rural tourism in Ireland, 
specifically in West Cork really, whether it is on the crest of a wave or whether it is salient uncharted waters. And by that I mean that are we entering into a period of maybe sustained growth, maybe great opportunities for the tourism sector in West Cork? Or are we maybe with the context of things like Brexit, yeah. are we uh, sailing into very dangerous and turbulent times? Because that that is a big concern with the amount of tourists that we get from the United Kingdom uh, and particularly in West Cork, we get a lot of tourists from the UK. Correct. And so we really need to have a, I suppose, the the opportunity is to have a discussion from people who are heavily involved in the industry and we want to, I suppose, simulate whatever knowledge they have into amongst the general public as to what will be coming down the line, whether it is good or bad. And when is that? When is that happening? That is tomorrow morning, Saturday at ten thirty a.m. in Court McSherry Hotel. Okay. What else is? What else do you see as a highlight? So on on that evening, Saturday evening, tomorrow evening, and um, there is a discussion regarding climate change and agriculture and how to remain resilient in the face of challenge. And that is taking place at two thirty p.m. in the Anchor Bar in Court McSherry. So I suppose over the last twelve months, um, farmers have. Uh, experience significant challenges posed by weather, uh, such as the likes of the Beast of the East or the, uh, the drought this summer. So we want to have a, a discussion as to how the uh, agricultural sector can continue to remain resilient um, you know, with the onset of these weather and climate um, challenges. So uh, featuring that panel, we have it's moderated by Suzanne Campbell, who is a uh, journalist and author and broadcaster in RTE on the Countrywide programme. We have Eamon Ryan, uh, the leader of the Green Party. Um, we have Seamus Walsh, who's the head of climatology and observations in Met Airden. Uh, we have Harold Kingston, who is the local uh, farmer member of the Irish uh, Farmers. Regularly on this programme. Yes, yes, indeed. And we have uh, Dr. Paul Dean, who's from the Environmental Research Institute in UCC. So that should be a, a, a very good broad-based discussion from experts in the field. Uh, on what exactly we can expect over the next, not so much in the next 10 years, maybe in 20, 30 years as well, you know, very outwardly looking again. And then on Sunday, the uh, last seminar for the weekend will be at 2 p.m. in the Court McSherry Community Centre. And that is entitled uh, Votes for Women uh, 100 Years On, A Giant Leap or a Baby Step. And the reason why we came up with the idea of, a, of, the, of the title, rather, being a giant leap or a baby step, is that while the uh, Votes for Women campaign and, uh, and the fact that they were granted votes in 1918 uh, was significant for the time, in the context of what's happened in the last 100 years, even up to the present day, was it a very small step or a giant leap in the quest for gender equality? So That's a good debate. That's clever. That's a good debate. Yeah, and I'm also thinking of where the the people are talking about and predicting that the turnout is going to be low for the presidential election and the referendum today. And and I always think about uh, particularly the women that fought so hard to get the right to a vote. Yeah, it it, it, it is it is kind of I think it's insulting to the like yeah. of their memories because they put in so much here in the UK the suffragette movement that they did put in quite a significant yeah. amount of effort at the time. So in that panel, we have uh, Mary O'Rourke, uh, former TV and minister, uh, Victoria White, who's an author and columnist, the Irish Examiner, uh, Dr. Gerard Devara, the lecturer in the Galway that's uh, speaking tonight, will also feature again, and Justine McCarthy, who is the that's author a great line and, of, and political correspondent. That's a great line. So you've got some really good uh, debates. I mean, I, I'm taking the, the idea behind this initiative, Barry, as well, is try to, to extend the tourist season, particularly for Correct. a place like Court McSherry. Correct. Last year, as 
you probably well remember, we had this sustained campaign for the inclusion of Court McSherry and Barry Rowe in the Seven Heads Peninsula yeah. the Atlantic Way. Yeah. In the course of our meetings, we were told by Fall Ireland that you really can't depend on a two-month tourist season down here, uh, which is effectively July and August. So we set about trying to change that. We said, that's fine. We took it on board. And we uh, brought in three new festivals. We brought in the Court McSherry Seafood Feast on the May Bank Holiday Weekend, uh, Seven Heads Walking Weekend on the June Bank Holiday Weekend, and now we have the Modern Ishii Gotham School well, on the October Bank Holiday Weekend. Yeah, and I mean, if you you know if you put on something like this, the you know the people will come. I, I mean, I'm assuming is booking advisable for for the debates because obviously there be is have you a limited number that can attend? Well, uh, booking is is necessary to uh, the okay. events are all, uh, the events are all free to attend. Oh, um, so there's no tickets required. What I would advise, I suppose, is early arrival if the seating would be in these venues will be on a first come first serve basis, okay. and you know if in the eventuality that the place is full, unfortunately, we can't take any more. And then I think that first come first serve would be the best thing to go okay. by. Okay, and it is as I mentioned at the outset, it is an inaugural, uh, the first of many. Is that is that your hope? I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I think I think I was saying it to someone um, during the week that I hope this can become something like the Miguel Summer School yeah. of the South. Why we don't not? have anything like this in in the West Cork, Patricia, or in Cork in general. And I think that, uh, especially in the autumn, anyway. And uh, I think that it's uh, it's about us in Court McSherry in the Seven Heads making our mark on the arts and cultural scene in Ireland, just as Maura Nishihi made her mark on the cultural scene 100 years ago. Well done. Well done. Best of luck with it, Barry, and thank you so much for joining us on the programme today. Thank you, Patricia. Good afternoon to you. That is uh, Barry Holland, Chairman of the Seven Heads Peninsula Tour- Tourism. On that, the first ever Maureen Sheehig Autumn School in Court Mac. And I wish good luck to everybody uh, taking part in, in it. I hope it's, a, it's hugely uh, successful for them. Just a quick wrap up on some of your texts coming in on the new drink driving law r- rules and regulations in from today. John and Brewery, I feel these new drink driving laws again are attacking those in rural Ireland. Those who just go for a social drink may now decide not to go. The other thing is our country is awash with drugs. I feel more should be done around drugs rather than targeting drink uh, driving. And John says, Patricia, you're talking about road safety on the programme. While I was travelling towards McCroom past Lizarda on Wednesday, I was actually listening to your gardening show with Peter Dowdell. It was on the radio. As you pass the turn off to the right at the start of the water and the road goes around to the left and then to the right, there was a blue Arctic log lorry overtaking a blue tractor and trailer on a continuous white line on the wrong side of the road. He was looking across at his left mirror to see that the log trailer was clearing the tractor and trailer. So therefore, he wasn't looking in front of him. John, in his car, was in front of him. Imagine this big truck coming at you. I kept blowing the horn as hard and as loud as I could in the hope that he would turn and face forward. I suddenly got his attention. He pulled the log lorry in front of me. If he had touched me, believe me, I would have been crushed like a pea can. There was a lot of cars behind the tractor and trailer. So until driver behaviour changes and people stop making up their own uh, rules, not a lot is going 
going to change uh, when it comes to road uh, safety. Thank God you were okay, John, but an awful fright to get. Okay, let's take a break and we are going to the movies with Mark after these. Court today with Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. December 12th, 1901. Marconi transmits the first radio message 2,200 miles from Ireland across the Atlantic to Newfoundland. In the intervening years, radio has survived TV, the cassette, tape, CDs, MP3s, and 117 years later, it's more popular than ever. Turn on the radio. Experts say people who listen to the radio are happier. And C103 has plenty of contented listeners. According to the latest listenership figures, 263,000 adults now listen to C103 and Cork's 96FM every week. Source Jail or Ipsos MRBI 2018-3. Turn on the radio. Stay happy. Stay listening to Cork's greatest hits. C103. Hashtag choose radio. And Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, is with us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Afternoon, Patricia. And you went to the movies, you went to see Halloween and you also went to see Venom. Yeah. Now we have a trailer from Halloween. They're all spooky. Michael Myers spent the last 40 years in captivity. I have prayed that he would escape so I can kill him. He's waiting for this night. He's here. He's waiting for me. Bit of John no, Carpenter uh, yeah. music there. Now, I remember <laughs> as a teenager going along, because as teenagers we were into all these spooky movies and The Exorcist and To the Devil a Daughter <laughs> and Halloween yes. and all that. So... That, that, that's it, it's it's picking up from where that movie ended, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, forty years later. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, what's interesting is that you were in your teens when you saw the yeah. film. Yeah, because it was in the cinemas in the late seventies, and uh, when I went the other, I went on my own. I went to Venom with the teenager, uh, but I went on this on my own, and the cinema was 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 packed full of young women. Was it? You, you guys love horror movies, yeah. don't you? you well, I don't know. As I've gotten older, can't do it at all. Yeah. But as a teenager, love, give me yeah. a good horror. And they had just the time of their lives. Yeah, when they watched uh, what was going on on the screen, of course, they spent most of the time behind their hands. But uh, and it's the loads of that, like screaming and roaring and something jumping out. On top of you. Yeah, there's yeah. not. Yeah, there's yeah. not too many jump scares. I mean, it's more clever than that, which is good. Which is okay. a good thing, you know, because an awful lot of uh, these new horror movies or scary movies, they just rely on jump scares, you know. Whereas they don't on this one, you know. Um, and not, nothing happens for a very long time. It's very slow to start, and that's a good okay. thing. I thought that was excellent because what the director did was, of course, he built and built and built the tension, and you know, and and that's a good thing. Unlike Venom, where they just kind of basically went into it and said, "Look, we don't care, really. You know, we're just going to go for it." Which you know, which I should, I suppose, I, I just spoil the review for the next one. I know. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's forty years later. So yeah, and the thing about it is that and the thing is, Jamie Lee Curtis was mm. in the first one uh, and the second one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there was a second one as well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's been a few of them uh, over the years. Actually, there's been another one called um, H Twenty Twenty Years Later, which they made twenty years ago, which he was also in. Okay. And uh, Resurrection. I haven't seen any of those because I just I'm just not interested. She likes these movies, doesn't she? Well, she did. Yeah, she became known as the Scream Queen. In fact, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know, and her mom, of course, was in Psycho, uh, in that famous yeah. that famous scene in in the shower. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that I see the, what ruined the first film for me is that I actually didn't see it in the cinema. I didn't actually see the first one un- until later. I actually saw the f- second one in the cinema, which was in um, this one in 1981. And that kind of ruined the first one for me because mm. they used a lot of the same tricks because, of course, what's brilliant about Michael Myers and that mask. And by the way, the mask is that of, do you know? 
No. It's a William Shatner Max. Oh. Yes, because John Carpenter, of course, he had no budget. He didn't know what to do. And he yeah. decided way back when he made the first film, he thought, OK, what am I going to do? I'll find this. Oh, I found this mask in, in this shop. And it's the it's actually the features of William Shatner on the face. And uh, and that's what he used. Uh, so I saw the so I didn't see the first one until it came out on video. And a lot of the tricks, those wonderful scenes of Michael Myers, you know, standing by a hedge in the background, appearing and disappearing all the time. You know, he's across the road and a, a, a bus goes yeah, by and, and he's he disappears. Like, oh, he's gone. God. All that kind of stuff yeah. was fabulous. And it was kind of ruined for me, actually. When I saw the second one first, I thought, I thought, oh yeah, they've done all that in the second film. But I was, yeah. So I went back again, and since, of course, I've seen the first film again and enjoyed it very, very much indeed. What's interesting, more interesting about this for me, anyway, was certainly some of the credits because uh, it was a guy by the name of Danny McBride, who's an American kind of comedian who makes some of the worst films that of the past uh, twenty years. Uh, he wrote and produced this, and um, and obviously he was a fan because what he's decided to do here is he decided, look, we know what fans like, we know what they want, and we're going to put this on screen here. So they obviously thought and long and hard. The director is uh, a guy by the name of David Gordon Green with whom uh, Danny McBride has worked before. So obviously they were friends and great fans of the original and decided, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And they actually did. It actually works. It works very, very well indeed. It is and looks that very much in that kind of same vein. Obviously they've used a very colour palette, very similar to the original films. You've got Jamie Lee Curtis who, as we know, is a very beautiful woman, but in this she decides, okay, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm playing a granny in this. She's going to have long grey hair. She's going to have no makeup because she cares about this franchise and she puts everything into well this. Done. Because now, she, yeah, she shows all her lines and everything. There was no hiding of her wrinkles. Exactly. Yeah. And because in the original films, because she was known as Scream Queen, she did a lot of screaming, little teenage girl running about. Now it's very different. Now she's yeah. a gun-toting mama waiting for Michael Myers who <laughs> has escaped from the uh, sanitarium and is just going out and just killing and killing and killing. And what makes it scary is the fact that this character that he plays is just basically this. He doesn't speak. You don't see his face. You see a little tuft of grey hair because we know it's 40 years later. Mm. And he is just merciless and relentless and he's just killing and killing and killing. And uh, the killing is done very, very well, it must be said. It's not hugely explicit. Okay. It's, you know, a lot of it is, uh, is done with tension and, uh, it's, and it's, it really is uh, very, very good. I was very surprised by how good it was and I ended up enjoying it very much. And I know, as you say, Jamie Lee Curtis, with her, she's such a passion about this movie. I mean, she is going around the world selling, selling this uh, movie. I mean, I saw her only this week. She's in Australia. She's promoting. Yeah, the Australia. film's done very well. I mean, I think it, in, in a sense, like somebody said that it is the biggest, highest-grossing film with a, a female lead. It's Get the highest-grossing film of a woman over fifty. Now, you might think, okay, great, but should we really be talking about that? It's such a shame yeah, that you know yeah. that they pick up on this kind of stuff. So we, we should have huge movies with women over fifty. Yeah, it shouldn't but make any difference. But there's so few. But there I mean, are so few. That's, that's a ma- mark it out of ten. Then I'll, I'll give it eight. Eight out of ten, and obviously it's in the cinemas at the moment. Perfect for this week exactly. and um, is it oh, it's not over 18 is it it's 15 which okay. is right yeah. and you know I take it a lot of the, as you say the female girls <laughs> will be heading off to see it next week while they're on the midterm break now Venom are we we're, we're still we're at sci-fi again here are we as opposed to horror thriller yeah it's it's kind of part of that whole kind of Marvel world but as I was saying to you this morning we were talking about it it is and it kind of it isn't because actually Sony have the rights to it and uh, Venom did appear in Spider-Man 3 and there was a lot of talk about uh, you know making a sequel to that and doing the same thing and, and moving it on from there but then Sony said no they want their own kind of universe in mm. the mar- in within the kind of Marvel world which is okay. very different because they do work together a lot and um, and so we saw Venom in, in this character in Spider-Man 3 it's this very very strange kind of symbiotic kind of thing it's almost like all these kind of black tentacles that take over the body and then and just turns them into kind of a, a rage and there's a number of these that have come to Earth and basically what they want to do is they just want to destroy Earth one of them gets 
get into the body of Tom Hardy. We meet Tom Hardy. He's a very successful kind of journalist, kind of um, an online journalist. And he's basically um, a kind of a bit of a wimp. And um, at one stage, this thing takes over his body and it's the Venom character. Now, the way he communicates with the character is very hard. It's a bit like Batman. Do you remember I used to take the mickey out of Batman because whenever he, we heard Batman's voice, the voice, he returned it. Yeah. And so therefore, that's obviously the voice that Tom Hardy has decided to use as well. So when Tom Hardy is communicating with this Venom character, Tom Hardy's going, why are you doing this to me? Because I don't like you. And so this oh, happens okay. all the time. Yeah, yeah. All right. And it kind of made me smile and made me laugh quite a lot because... The thing is, is that what there's a lot of humour in this, and it, it's it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit all over the place, and it's almost like they decided, well, look, you know, do we go down the Deadpool route and be funny and be incredibly violent and nasty? Because this Venom character, when it does come on screen with its huge tongue and its huge teeth, is quite scary mm-hmm. and is quite kind of mean looking. But then there's this, these ridiculous jokes and these really silly jokes, but it's almost as if they went, oh no, 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 we're going to go for that 15 cert. We're not going to go for the R rating. That's that's what we're going to do because we we, we need to make money on this. And I think that's a bit of a shame. So it's a bit all over the place, you know. Um, and even some of the action sequences are poorly done as well. And it's a shame because there's a really, really good movie in here. There's 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 a lot to work on, and this Venom character could be extraordinary. But unfortunately, it didn't really. Will quite we work. see more of the Venom character? Do you think he'll come back? Well, they, they set it up at the end anyway, and the film has has done well. The film has um, has made a profit, and so I think we will see another one. What would be better and would be greater though is if they really, really sat down and thought, okay, we're going to go one way or the other, and we're going to make something out of this that, that's really good. Because I mean, this Venom character actually bites people's heads off. Oh, but, but you hang on, you don't see it. It's all done. You see, okay. it's all done in shadows. So therefore, you know, then why why have such a creepy character? And then have a kind of a, a 12s rating kind of um, you know scenes on, the, on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's a they bit should, of a Yeah, they should have been one, of the, one of the other. Give us yeah. one of the other. Yeah. Okay, Mark Venom out of 10? Uh, six. Six out of ten, yeah. okay. And that's at the movies at the moment as well. Okay, thank you for that, Mark. Have a lovely week. And thank you for joining us. That is Mark Malone, our movie our reviewer. Uh, when we were talking about the new drink driving laws, which officially came in from midnight uh, last night, uh, John says, Hi, Patricia. I went to my local country small pub last night. Only three men sitting there. We usually play a game of cards and we have two pints and a drop. I was told that they were too afraid to go out on account of the new law coming in last night what is the world coming to at all god help rural ireland uh, patricia says john and yeah two pints and you know a drop of whiskey or whatever would put you over the drink driving limit for sure for sure and if you get caught then your license is gone and will be gone for uh, three months how we get around it i don't know I have to leave it there. Thanks to uh, John Paul McNamara for producing. Um, I'm actually off next week, uh, so I'll talk to you the week after. Nick is with you for the afternoon. Enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Don't forget the clocks and don't forget to go out and vote. Court today. With Breedhaven Nursing Home Mallow. It's family run, so your loved one will feel at home. See breedhaven.ie. C103. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 